I'm sipping, 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 I'm sipping. So this is sipping with Sammy. I am sipping with Sammy, Sam Malone, Barstool Rug. If you ain't sipping with Sammy, get your fucking life together. And I'm in a situation room, man. I got D the comedian. Praise God. Decent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> spelled dice it, but pronounced decent. Yeah. One yeah. of the hardest it's motherfuckers. It's spelled dice for those that smoke a lot of fucking weed, okay? <laughs> and they're not used to All right, so I'll take that. And I also got the Chris Mack experience in here with me. I am here. All right, fuck you. Yeah. But, um... It's funny though. A dope intro. I thought I would have a dope intro. Right, right. Well, I have you around a lot, so you ain't a special. I know, but she said God bless. So I thought I wanted to say something too. She's a comedian. <laughs> Number but one, he looks like a skinny the baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the baby. Not going baby or baby. <laughs> For that real. nigga a bitch. Not this one. No, he was talking about the nigga that was a bitch. Oh, yeah, you. that nigga's a bitch. Yeah, that right. nigga's a bitch. You right. gotta say it like that. That nigga's a bitch. That nigga's a bitch. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I wish I was a friend of West Coast just for their accent. Yeah. I really yeah. wish I had it, because I just want to walk around with somebody, little Mark-ass chicken. No, that, 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 <laughs> that, 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 that Nipsey, little Mark-ass nigga. Mark-ass. Ricky! <laughs> Yo, that Nipsey Snowfall accent is the shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> like Mark-ass buster. Like, and they do right a lot there. of shit with their face. Like, they just, yeah. they just tilt their head and shit. Bro, Ice Cube face. It's like, yeah, oh, you know a nigga bro, serious yeah. when you the left. You know who got the, you know who make the two people that make the Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg? Mm-hmm. They Ice, got, Ice T, too, on SVU. Oh, you yeah, 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 like yeah. No, 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 mm-hmm. facts, facts, facts. It'd be, like be real intense. Ice T is comical to me. It's intense. No, what fucks me up is Ice T go from gangster to cop. That shit fucks me up, you know what I'm saying? No, how you go from cop killer? Right. Yeah. So right. all your roles is a cop. It is a cop. Exactly. Not playing a cop. Right. You would play the cop for twenty seasons. Yeah. 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 That 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 blows my mind. I yeah. guess we call that growth. Yeah. I about to say, is that maturity? Uh, <laughs> I guess you call that ratting. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That nigga got to the you bag. Know? It was like, you know what? Y'all ain't so bad. Right. <laughs> right. 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 I think right. I like Real y'all. Shit. It's a Real lot shit. of things that we, you know, that society you know, looks past that people do. And, you know, we don't question because they got a bag. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, a big thing, I was having an argument the other day, right? About T.I. Okay. okay. Right? Let's talk about it. Right. It's no way you're a black man driving with assault rifles mm. in your trunk. And you do a year, and that's it. Right. First of all, that's not the story, but I hear what you're saying. I'm Go just ahead. saying on paper what they give you. He didn't it, get pulled it, over. It's that, deeper. It's deep. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's a lot deeper. I, yeah, I got yeah. some details. Some, right. some people call my phone. They was a little upset. <laughs> and they call my phone and give me some details. Yeah. But real shit. I mean, did, but he, do, just, did he do a year? He did. He did a year. He did a year. He did a year and a With a bunch of assault rifles being black in America. Just, just on amazing. paper. On paper. That's amazing. As a just felon. on paper. As a, as a I appreciate as a that, though. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah. But y'all don't notice... Something I noticed about Atlanta, yo, motherfuckers, they get away with murder out there. Literally. Oh, yeah. Like, like mur- um, Atlanta and Chicago, from what I've been paying attention to, motherfuckers get booked with all these ratchets, all these attempts and all that shit, and come right back out without being caught labeled a snitch or nobody's finding no paperwork on them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know if it's the volume or the law structure or how it is, Jersey but I feel like, 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 for instance, perfect example, Meek Mill. Okay. When Meek said he'd been on probation for 12 years, mm. New York niggas was like, how? Right. Because the max out there is five years. Right. Mm, they right. don't even know that it's possible for you to be in that, like, what we go through. Mm. And mind you, we wild as shit with mm. that over our head. Mm-hmm. Right. There's places where this shit ain't that strict. Like, I think it was Chicago where if after two years they don't solve the shit, you free. Right. If it's a murder. Right. Well, I mean, you have to look at oh, who who's shit. being elected in these positions. Yeah, you know what I mean? I it's mean, just actually it boils down to the person and their power. <laughs> and we in the Commonwealth too, which plays a part. Yeah. Right, right. And I mean, I do That's appreciate. Part of that. I appreciate our new DA who said, like, you know, he had HBO that interviewed him recently, and mm-hmm. he talked about how he's going to stop giving. Uh, he's going to make sure that people with misdemeanors and and the small weed bag charges and stuff. He's just going to let him out. I he ain't got time for that. So. You know what I mean? You know so what he actually interviewed too. with HBO and said that. If they expunge all that shit, I ain't got no record. What? If they expunge all that shit, I ain't got no record. Well, it was a firearm on one of the times I was booked, but I that should have been clear. But, like, if they expunge just weed shit, right. I won't, 
I don't yeah. got. A, I ain't got no fucking yeah. record. He said he tired of it. He said the jails are too too full with all that and the prolonging. Like once you get booked, then you go ahead, you make bail. Then I don't know. I never. And let never me be clear. Everybody, everybody's. Let me be clear. Because this on the internet, I don't have a record based on convictions. Facts. But if you pull up, right. I've been to court. I've yeah. been arrested. But think about it though. But think about it. That's how. That's how. That's how my situation. The court. The court appeals last longer than your record. Over and over again. You go on the court every five minutes. Then when you get there on time, got the lawyer. And paid my court fees. Yeah. So it should it should that should be a wash. That should be the easy part to get rid of. That's what takes long. I'd say it is. I'd say it is. Don't just expunge. I want my money back from court. Real right. No. No. I'm paying your lawyer every time. I'm owed lawyer fees, bills, all types of shit. That's where the brand comes from. I'll bring up, I'll, I'll go right there. Here's receipts. Right. You don't got to give it all back. Right. But I need a portion. But that's where it all comes nice from. Prolonging. Tell me the date that my court date was, and I'm going to show you the check that my fat for that situation. Pretty much. Taking off from work Legit. or not being able to go to work. That's oh, no. Losing. Sitting there for losing, hours. Losing money. And then when you sit there for hours, they tell you, come back for another date. Losing jobs and risking yeah, jobs. Losing jobs, risking jobs. Because yeah. you got to fight this shit for a year no matter fucking what. what? And yeah. you got to go every other month. Oh, no, but then the process of getting it off your record is utterly ridiculous. Oh, yeah, no, like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg got bread on top of bread. And that this shit still came still up. Trying that shit to get still came up. His record expunged. Because he did some racial shit. He's been in a thousand movies, got so much money. Because but his, he's still trying to get his record expunged. Because his is racial. That shit, don't, way, that shit don't wait, stop him from getting to Canada. I'm, but I'm not talking about what he did. I'm just talking no. about how it no, sticks no, to No, absolutely, you're right. But the only reason, like, somebody at Mark Wahlberg's level, the mm-hmm. only reason he cares about expungement mm-hmm. is because, because of, of, what of the nature racial. of the yeah. He's good. What, what he, he basically like? committed a racially hate a race crime hate when crime. he was younger. Yeah, as I mean, a teenager. And he regrets it. Like he a teenager. As, as a teenager. Growing up in Boston. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we are forgiving people, but at the same time, you might have threw some piss on a white boy when you was twelve if you ain't know no better. <laughs> like you, don't, like I don't right. know what niggas did. Right. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. Yeah, but you know oh, yeah, what I'm no, saying? I, I, no, no, I, I didn't bully a couple. <laughs> you grew up in the county, so I thought yeah. you. Were... <laughs> I was I'm light skinned. I, like, I never no, did that. No, I was the only because I was like because in the county, like growing up in the county, like in like '95, '96, '97, yeah. 2000, 2001. You really like I was like the only black kid in them classes, so like yeah. I was already on a defensive, like, oh, yeah, no, that's a different experience, you know, bro. It is, like, yeah. I'm like, yo, like, no, like, yeah. See, no, my experience, so. mine yeah. was like the opposite. Like, I went to pre K to eighth all black private school, high school, a magnet. I'm with the ENS, so magnet gotcha. public school that's mm. predominantly black and minority with a f- you know, a few whites, right? And then I went to Roman Catholic that was predominantly white, right. but by the time I got to Roman, I'm 15, 16 years old. I already know a little bit more about life, and I don't know that many white people. Right. So my perception was, they the type that if you fuck with them, they go home and write a list mm-hmm. and come back and execute their list. And I don't want to be on their list. Right. <laughs> so I didn't what? pick on people that was like, like yeah, look like victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, where I a lot of times they do. They bully. But they literally bully each other. That brings I up a really good point, which y'all both brought up. Like, for instance, myself... I was in a women's prison ever since I was five. Yeah, I'm saying. No, I'm just fucking with y'all. Y'all like, hmm, hmm. Yo, tell they no, I, was I wanted to see what you, I thought it was a bit. I thought it was a bit. I thought it was a bit. I'm like, where are we going? No, I'm like, with I know you a comedian. No, 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 no. I thought she had a whole <laughs> plate. I crossed my legs. Like, like, nigga, I was ready. We can believe it. No, I wasn't. Not no, like this. not like this that. But you don't never know. But no, <laughs> no I didn't no, think I didn't think you were serious like, though. No, no, no. I but did. what I what I, I will say is this: from is five, that, <laughs> from five, like they just sent the home from five. She caught like bro, this foster home. Like she's just gonna hang out in there. Yo, if you see my, this ain't Peru. He was like orange. Wait in Cuba, bro. She go home. No, cause like yo, I'm not gonna lie, yo. I so I watched I watched Wentworth, right? Oh yeah, that's that shit. So in the joint Wentworth. She had her her daughter like her, yeah. her child with her. What country? What country was that? Um, I'm I I know, I, didn't, I, I know that I know it was in the United States, but no, who knows? No, but on like, the real though, like that brings up a good point because yeah, I went to, to an all girl Catholic school, right? Mm-hmm. And then 
I transitioned in the fourth grade to a co-ed public school. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, you went to an all-black private school. Then you went to, you know, a school that was mixed, things like that, going to the county. I feel like that brings up a good point. When you transition, parents that transition their children in the school system or different environments, they have to groom them for the real world. At an early age. A lot of people are like, no, no, wait until they're this age, wait till preteen, teenage. No, because if you're going to move neighborhoods, if you're going to transition your child into different educational institutions, because I didn't understand why everybody in my public school was cursing up a storm when when I went to private school, that's not what it we were doing. Light. It was not. And, yeah, and then yeah. they were bullying me because I wasn't, wasn't cursing. Like that. Yeah. So then yeah. I started cursing so I could fit in. And then you sounded funny And it cursing. put me through like a, they said a you strange confusion, dog. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. real rap, because I just wanted to try to fit <coughs> in and make friends. Right. And then I started bullying. And I started getting in trouble and shit. So, you know, and that goes into dating Ohio's and the El Paso, Texas. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? What were their transitions hurt people, hurt people. as yeah. young people? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We have to be more conscientious about how we transition our kids, man. Absolutely. Real rap. And now, we have yeah. to keep it 100 with them. Like, honey, when we move to the, from this demographic neighborhood into this next demographic neighborhood, this is how it may be. Now, you see, know what I mean? I think that that's a great point for one for one specific reason. We come from a generation of the parents that were trying to get out of a situation. Right. When they got us into a better situation, which is a different school district, which is considered better, but may put us in a different life situation, right. they're looking at it as if we're in an easier circumstance so we can survive it. Right. They're not looking at it like we're not them and we don't come from. Right. And, I mean, me, I was born where I, I stayed for the majority of my life. You know what I mean? I yeah. came from Mount Airy. My family was in West Philly. Uptown, I bounced down. back and forth right. from Mount Airy to West Philly my whole life. So I wasn't that far from the bullshit. Right. But if my dad was one of them dads that thought he had to move to Sheltenham, mm. I'd have had a different experience, mm-hmm. which is across the street from where I grew up from. Right. But it's a whole nother world. Yep. Now, if he'd have moved there, he'd have been thinking of it like, we come from blase, blah, wooty, whoop. He good. Right. And it wouldn't have been his fault. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right, because right. at the end of the day, from what he know, coming up against racism, yeah. the um poverty, mm-hmm. all type of things that he faced, it's like, well, no, nah, this is a school that takes care of you. They got programs for you. You can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. Right. He doesn't realize that I might get ridiculed and might not have the sense of self to fight through that. Right. Now, the right. major part about my story, which is something that me and the people I went to elementary and middle school talk about often and that we appreciate about our school that I don't hear from a lot of people about their school, they gave us a sense of self. Being as though it was a black private school, every month was Black History Month. When you walked down the halls, it was always a a board up of some history of your own. You know what I mean? And when we were released to these other institutions, because a lot of us went to Central's Mm -hmm. and Girls High's and and Masterman's. You know, we we, we came from a good school. We went to good schools. We got integrated into things we never was used to. Everybody in the class looked like us, Mm -hmm. literally. You know what I mean? And then we, 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 we get shifted, and now it's three of us. Right. And then you're in homeroom. I'll I tell you a story. I'm in Roman. We're in homeroom. Mm-hmm. We all talking about somehow fathers came up. Okay. It's about eight black guys in my homeroom. Out of probably 30 kids, I'm the only black guy in my room that has a positive relationship with my father. Mm. Amongst a room full of white kids that... It's the opposite for them. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And not saying that they don't exist, but in this in this world, in Roman Catholic, right. it's the opposite for them. Right. Literally. Because we had the conversation as, you know, right. everybody that was really talking was talking. Mm-hmm. But it was weird because when I say have a positive relationship, it don't mean that my dad lives in my house. Right. It right. don't mean that I see my dad all the time. Right. It means that most of them hated mm-hmm. their father mm-hmm. or right. didn't understand the dynamic right. with their father and resented their father, mm-hmm. even though I don't I don't think most of them I don't want to say they hated them, they didn't understand emotions so they resented them right. for whatever reasons. Yeah. But it's such a That's common it thing it's that it was until it was until I wound up in that world mm-hmm. I didn't realize the difference of the balance of right. it. Right. You see what I'm saying? See, I'm a, I'm a, you know well, what I do is I work in human services. You 
<laughs> background and com- I have a degree from Westchester in communications and a master's in uh, business from Gwen and Mercy. Say that. And you Bullshit. know what I right, had, I what say, I okay. Oh no, he he worked. Career, <laughs> I mean, what I've learned Don't in my career, about. you know, of working in social work, is that we come from a motherly mother earth society. You know what I mean? Feministic society. A lot of women say, oh, it's a man's world. But when I go into a home and I'm doing my job as a social worker, what have you, I mainly used to direct the information to the woman, the female. Mm-hmm. And that man would be all up in that house. Mm-hmm. And he would just walk past and go out the door, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. There are resources like the National Institute for Fathers is in Philadelphia. And it's actually ran by a woman. A lot of people don't know that. You know what I mean? And. The sad thing is, is that we need to have more resource fairs. We have high school fairs, we have job fairs, but we don't have enough resource fairs, you know, where things like that wouldn't occur, you know. And we need to share it more when when, oh, these, yeah. when these things happen. Most we need definitely. to we need to be as prominent about that as what's trending. And then we more also so. need to be transparent about how we how we exert the information. For instance. You know, a lot of people can relate to me when I walk in their home and I'll do a home and safety check or I'm doing some kind of safety uh, checks on their kids, their families, whatever. I'm an investigator right now. But when I look like this and when I just talk, talk to talk, I, right. I don't beat around the bush. I keep it real with you. Right. I let you know the consequences, but I let you know how you can get there before you get to the consequences. And you being genuine, too. You're not oh, just yeah. you're not running off a, a script. Oh, yeah. No, because that's right. important, too, because people can tell when they're being talked. Yeah. Yeah, when I did substitute teaching, you know, at Mastery Charter School, my kids related to me because of the fact that I, I, I went against the grain of the worksheet that they gave me. See, most substitutes would walk in, pass out a worksheet, take attendance, and call it a day. But while they were doing these worksheets that weren't really t- triggering their mental, I was teaching about real estate, you know, saving, finances. I talked to them about, oh, yeah, I hosted for Young and May, but then I pulled them in with that, and then I gave them yeah, some education. Yeah, no, she's cool. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I drive for Lyft. You know, I got yeah, hustles right. out of my no, ass. You know I, what I, I mean? I know you And I drive for Lyft, and I, any young person gets in my car, I try to talk to them as much as possible about the wrongs that I did. I fucked my credit up, boom, get it right, doing this, that, and the third. I had a young boy in my car. They were going to Plymouth me into a movie, him and his two friends. And he was just like, you know, can I ask you a question? I said, what's up? And he was like, you know, because we were driving through Plymouth Meet, and I said, you know, y'all should take in what we're around. Look at this real estate. It's a lot of prime real estate all around us in Philadelphia. And there's black people out there. And there's black people out there. You could be there, too. Yeah, you know what I mean? I've connected with so many lawyers and doctors and and just so many people that I've met in my life working with Power 99s and from the entertainment side to the social work side. And, you know, when I went to Burnmore College, because I'm looking to get my master's in social work, they were just like, how are you going to try to blend the two? And I said, well, the most influential thing in this world is arts. Always. You know what I mean? People are, are, I mean, a professor listens to music probably when they're grading I can't live without music. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't live without music, movies, some kind of entertainment and arts. So with Bill Cosby, I don't care what you're saying about him. You can talk about his case of the day as long. But as a comedian, too, one of my hustles, I learned from Bill Cosby was that no matter what stage you get on, try to bring out some kind of social change in your routine. You know what I mean? And that's what we have to do. We have to bring social change in any and everything we do. I like that. Any and everything we do, we put social change in it. That's why Kevin Hart is successful. He's not just successful sitting there talking about his dad being on drugs. He taught people a story like, I'm just like you, but look where I'm at. My mom gave me $30,000 when I didn't have have nothing, nothing. and now look where I'm at. Now I'm giving it back tenfold. So when you include social change Mm -hmm. into your – you're funny Mm because I don't even know if you write sets. Do you write sets? Let me start there. Yeah, because you very time. you're very improvisational, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just in your delivery in person. My parents you know, just I can tell. <laughs> it's See? fucking crazy. But um, so New when bed. it's when it's time to put social so things, right when it's time to put social things, yeah, you know, fuck <laughs> it. it's cool. Okay. It'll be alright. You wipe it up. It's been you know, but um, when you put social shit and try to influence social change in your in your routine, right? Is it difficult? Um, does it have to be funny? Can it just be a statement? Can it be a, a point and we could build from there? Like, how do you choose the attack or does it vary? Well, when I... Because there's I, various ways to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question. Well, I mean, I Dave Chappelle does it. Chris Rock does it. Wanda Sykes does it. Different um, ways, yeah. Yeah, like Dave Chappelle's newest stand-up, Sticks and Stones on Netflix. Beautiful. You know, it's, it's beautiful. raw. It's raw it's when he beautiful. talks about Mike Jack and he talks about the molestation in the new movie and all that. And But then he wraps it up. It's like... 
you can throw the joke out there, but you gotta wrap it up with saying, "Listen." Well, his callback game is phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's like when my first comedy competition, I was scared to death. My ex threw me in, and she was just like, "You know, the Laugh House came to my college uh, one time, and they wanted me to perform, and I was, I was scared. (laughs) I was like, I'm not funny. That's not what I do. I'm not. Look how I didn't know my calling. I went to Westchester. Yeah, and I didn't know my calling. I just host a lot of shows. You know, I host over a hundred shows for the campers and the Greeks and everybody. And people just kept telling, you know, saying I was funny. Went back to Philly, told people at the Laugh House. They came all the way up, 45 to an hour, to meet me and say, you know, we want you to come perform. And I was, what, 19, 19, 20. I said, mm-mm. I said, that's not what I do. I do radio and I host. That's it. So here nor there, now I'm friends with the owner of the Laugh House who helped Kevin Hart get where he's at. You know, shout out to Mr. Rod. But here nor there, when I when my ex later on she said you know you funny as shit like I'm gonna I just put you in a comedy competition I was like are you kidding me that's how Ron Jeremy got in porn yeah thirty she just believed in me and she pushed because you gotta push people yeah you just gotta push people his girlfriend signed him up for Playboy that's it you got know I me mean? Playgirl like, you gotta have somebody Shout out that those girlfriends you enough. man <laughs> I got applications well I mean I believe gotta, in me that's all I ask I, I got a tennis dildo in the car we can you know. What the fuck? So anyway, anyway, but here nor there, my my ex she put me in the comedy. She like what? <laughs> she put me in a comedy competition, thirty dollars a ticket. Madonna's brother, the singer Madonna's brother, was one of the judges. Blew my head. Wow. And that was a lot of pressure to be on your first, you know, comedy stage. So that day, I had no routine written. How many? It was about 10 to 15 minute routine. That's I, long. This is my first. That's long up there. Yeah. I never did stand up before, but I sat there and. I saw that that video with Bill Cosby talking about social change, and that was the same time that on 55th and Lansdowne, they had beat a Muslim brother at the Chinese store, the cops. Damn. So after I saw that video about black comedians and social change and all that, I wrote a routine, and I included that incident in it. That's when I'm answering your question in regards to social change and how do you present that in a comedy routine. So I wanted to bring awareness to where I lived at. I lived at 59th in Lansdowne, and just four blocks down, a brother was just beat at a Chinese store for getting some food by two cops. So I wanted to put that in my routine. I didn't know how I was going to present it, but I said, some way, somehow, if I'm going to be in a room, especially full of white folks, I'm going to let them be aware of what the fuck is going on out here, you know what I'm saying, and where I'm from. So I got on that. Well, before I got on the stage, it was a white guy who was a comedian. He won this uh, all Gayberhood games comedy competition. He wasn't even gay, but he, they just had different people from different areas in the tri-state that just jumped on stage. Word. And he kept trying to get me drunk. Now you know, black people, you can keep giving us more and more. We are gonna get funnier and funnier. Right. Okay, that's that's the Facts. point. That's the. I'm about to I say. don't know what he you was trying to get you off your shit, but he was getting you in your yeah, back. He kept he kept buying me shots and shit. He knew I was in the competition with him, so he was trying to get me drunk, but he didn't know I was fat. You know what I mean? <laughs> So he could, soaks it he see you. I have a thyroid problem. Well, so, he was hiding. Yeah, didn't know that ass nigga didn't know. So he kept buying me shots, and I was fat, soaked it up. That was my kryptonite. That wasn't my kryptonite, and I just kept drinking her. and drinking. Boom. And I got on the stage, and I wrote a routine, but I went all the way away from it. Did you even start it? I just started busting on motherfuckers in the audience. From the I gate? Just, oh, yeah. From the giddy up? The, I did Mark Curry shit. If anybody see Mark Curry yeah, stand I've up, seen Mark. Mm-hmm. motherfucker's amazing. He'll get off the stage. He's tall as fuck. Stand on top of the chair, point at you, talk to you, all that shit. He underrated, and, too. And, oh, yeah. Mark Curry's amazing. Because everybody remember hanging with Mr. Cooper. I started hitting that room. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And I started busting on motherfuckers. Then I went back into my routine. I remembered it because I was nervous. Oh, so you forgot So it. I just did improv comedy real quick. Then I went into a routine, and I wound up winning the whole competition. So you were natural. the paper, all that shit. She yeah, like I do what I she do. She was right. That's my calling. But, but what I did was to wrap the routine up was, again, going back to what you said, I brought in that social change about that brother being beat in the store. And I said, look, the way I did it was, I said, let them beat me. I'm not letting go of that shrimp fried rice. <laughs> that shit. And motherfuckers still was able to get what I was saying. I, what I you said, did in the end, y'all. You know, we have to be there for each other. Take up for one another. Pull your phones out. Put it on blast. You know what I'm saying? So I said my joke, but then I also put in the message. 
And that's how you do it. Like, you got to make sure that with this podcast, you're bringing social conscious awareness and change. Oh, yeah. You can smoke, you can drink, whatever. But no, we but we're going to talk about some shit. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk about some shit. shit right. Doing, you know right. What Absolutely. No, and I, I was about to tell you, I agree with that 100%. But, like, is it just a natural thing? Do you already know where that twist is going to come in at where you can make it funny? Yeah. And life is funny. Well, see, like like you said, <laughs> part of your story, part of what you said during your story was you kind of proved that you're a natural, mm. which is what I was saying before you started your story when I asked you if you even write. Right. It's like, you're funny. Right. Period. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and good energy, good and, and being that. a stand-up isn't just about being funny at all. Right. right. But right. When, when you have timing, when you have knowledge, and when you are natural, mm-hmm. then... A lot of those things come together when you work at it, and hosting is a form of that. Right. Like I did a sound check for the festival a few weeks, ago, probably a couple months ago at this point, and on my sound check they was trying to get my music together and all that. I'm standing up there with a mic, so I just started talking to people, right. and I got a podcast or whatever. But I'm talking shit because right. I always talk right. shit, so right. it's never just like a resume. It's like right. I'm fucking with the people and talking back to them, and you know, engaging. And when I got off, my man was like, for like the first couple minutes, you was on some comedian shit, and not that. I'm saying I could be one. Right. right. But what I'm saying is what we do when we're hosting our natural inclinations of filling out a room and filling out a crowd is right. something you were already doing. Right. Right. So right. you being funny on top of that right. made the transition easy. See, but it's hard for you to get up That's there. That's the crazy part. Nah. We, no, I'm going to tell you. That's no, we are. I'm no, gonna, no, I'm gonna tell no, you. no, I no, no. We all make a be comedians, but no. You, We all got it in us. We That's possible. All got it in us That's like possible. You did. I think you can find your funny. You exactly. I think exactly. everybody can everybody, find their funny. No, you know what? Yeah, let me let me rephrase that. Let me but rephrase that's not a comedian. Let me run back what Steve Harvey said. Let me let me run this back. Steve Harvey said this. He said, "A lot of people can be comics. Not everybody can, can be, be a comedian." comedian. He said, "Because exactly. a comic, a comic is something you read in the paper that's temporary funny." But a comedian lasts a lifetime and is legendary. So I will rephrase that and say we all have comic ways about us. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's we why you can people watch because people are funny as shit. Yes. But not everybody can be a comedian. That's right. You know, to hold down over three to five, yeah. you know, 10 to 15s, it's whatever. A, it's no, trans- it's not even that. You're right. a comedian. Right. How many different places locally have you performed in? About 100, right? I perform, yeah. How many places outside of local have you performed in? Atlanta, Miami. Miami. Shout out Miami. I love Miami so much. So with that being said, you could tell the same you could tell the same jokes. You could tell the same jokes in fifty different rooms. Right. You don't deliver them the same way. Right. And you don't get the same exact response. How Whitney did things live, she never sang. It, exactly. Same. Exactly. I, one thing you won't get out of me is the same jokes. So you don't get I don't, the, I don't and you don't necessarily always get the same response. Sometimes. No. Well, I even mean, if I it's always, even if it's always good, sometimes right. there's a <gasps> before yeah, the. Yeah. You know uh, what well, I mean? One, one stand up I did in South Philly, I took my bra off and my shirt off. Yeah. I stood there. Uh, I feel like I, I feel like I saw, I saw it on Can't Instagram. Like but yeah, my now. titties were out. My cameraman couldn't believe it. I had a cameraman with me. He said, I never in my life seen anybody like you. I did, you know, because what it was was it was a heck he heckled the girl that was before me. It was a young white girl. She was she was good. I enjoyed her. And I didn't like how this man, he was from Scotland or Ireland, and he was in the audience. And I was sitting in the back. And I didn't like how he was like, show your tits, show your tits. Oh, shit, so he said, set you and up. I said, hmm, okay. I'll show you some tits. Wants. I said, that's what he wants. And she, was, and she was trying to finish her routine, and he kept trying to mess with her. So she's like she, Coyote she, Ugly. She, yeah, she kind of got caught up a little bit, and she got off. So it was my turn. <laughs> I said, hey, hey, kiddo, how are you? I said, this is orange is the new black, and I'm about to show you some black-ass tits. And I took all my shit off. He was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. And I said, yeah, nigga, it's a horror film. It's a black horror film right now. And, <laughs> and I all up in his face, put my nipples all in his face, all that shit. I, I push it to the limit. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. No, I that's one thing y'all got to know though. about. D don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Like, like, and that's why I knew this was going to be fun. Yep. Because she's been, so far, she's been reserved. She yeah. doesn't give a no, fuck, yo. No. 
at all. But she's things. funny, and nothing is evil spirited. That's different. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's, it's a different thing. Yeah. But that's my point about the difference between a comic and a comedian. Yeah. If you go in that many different spaces with this many different diverse crowds, mm-hmm. everybody can't pull up. You could be funny in this room and right. not in that room. Right. And mind right. you, nobody kills every night. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have that's a good, good. night. Sometimes good. you get by. Sometimes you bomb, right. even at your peak. Richard because Pryor got bombed in Sunset Boulevard. I'll never forget that stand-up he did. But it's still a classic. Yeah, it's a classic because you want to know why he got Cause he, he was out there that filling first shit night out. Of when he performed Sunset Boulevard in California. And he was so disappointed in himself. He came back, he redid it, yep. and he killed it. Yep. You know what I he mean? He went in there to fill out his set, and he bombed. But yeah. that's another thing as a comedian that I hear a lot of comedians talk about. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, if it's not a major production, mm-hmm. they working out their set. Yeah. You're trying to figure out certain things, and you're trying to perfect certain things because right. it gets bigger after that. You have other things that you're working towards mm-hmm. or might even have on deck. Right. That is coming in two or three months that you got to go perform for. So a lot of times, y'all got to go up there and stand through the unfair treatment of you working out. The wor- the most strange. The I don't most think it's unfair, but. I feel like the most stressful part of entertainment is comedy. We don't have the instrumentation behind us. Nothing. It is us. And you have to be able to take ridicule, give ridicule. Um, and that's a lot of pressure. That's why you do see a lot of comedians like Robin Williams say you know, unfortunately yes, right. committed suicide right, right. because you will have, I was just in the lift and I was talking to these young people and, you know, I was saying how I was a comedian. They was like, tell us a joke right now. And it was just like a lot of pressure where it was like, it's not really how it works. Not, that's not how it works. But then when you <laughs> talking, uh-huh. then it then you started coming him up. out. And mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine being a Jim Carrey. That's why Jim Carrey is more in a shell now and a political, you know, he's into politics and stuff. You know what I mean? He is on, um, uh, Jim Tully, comedian, uh, comedians and cars drinking coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. I just saw that. You I didn't see that one yet. I gotta oh, watch good. it. You know, it's nice to see Jim still there, but he's not. Because Jim's Murphy. not. Jim's not at his world anymore. Oh yeah, Jim and checked a lot out. Of comedians, have you noticed they go into a show? But I think a lot yeah. of the times y'all already are of this world. Mm-hmm. But when you get to a certain level of understanding about things that we don't, we're not privy to. Right then it, it, it takes over. And especially if you are a comedian where you take from myself, I take from media. You know what I mean? I like to be in the here and the now when I do my stand-up. When I do stand-up, I like I, I love, I, well, I have a background in communications. I love David Muir, World News Tonight. Mm. And I watch World News Tonight every week, I mean every day at 6.30. So I may take something current event-wise and utilize it through my funny. But the thing about it is, it's hard as a comedian, to be funny when you seeing, uh, you know, a, a man and his daughter who's trying to come to America that's dead in the water, you know, and they're immigrants, all they want is freedom. But and we I'm need you to, to be keep, funny. That's what we need you to be funny. That's what we need you to be funny. I have to suppress it in order to be the Joker. You know? No, but right? that's why I appreciate it so much. And that's yeah. well, I'm a big fan of comedians in general. I'm a big fan of timing. Yeah. I'm big on timing. Um. When it comes to a lot of aspects of life, right. but just in delivery in general, like right. I don't care yeah, if it's yeah. the the boardroom or whatever, right. it's about how you deliver. Yeah. And I think that spoken word without music, and um, stand up comedy, yeah. are the rawest so forms of that. Yeah. Where it's like it's all on you, and it's all about how you ride the the silence or how yeah. you ride the laughter, and when you come mm-hmm. back, and what twist that you're gonna come with. And how they like it's not a hundred percent at all that right. you know when you go out there. This is how yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. If I do a verse, it's set to a tone, a pace, and a beat, right? So every time I perform that verse, no matter if the beat change or not, mm-hmm. somewhere within a certain amount of BPMs, I'm doing the same thing. Right, right, right. The same exact thing. Right. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't have Whether to switch anything. And more than likely, it's set up so that they catch this part. Because that's what a hook is. Mm-hmm. They 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 yeah. know this part. They know the um the popular part. Right. And we gonna get through it. Right. Right. But when it's just you, you standing up there, mm-hmm. and it, you dark inside. No, you're dark inside. No, you know that you just saw today. You're dark. You today you saw that. <laughs> today you saw that man and his daughter wash up on the shores for trying to get freedom, right. and you know you still gotta go out here and make these people forget about that shit. Right. Oh, I'm gonna actually remind them of it. But how do you do it my way? But how do you go out there 
Well, like I told you, you know, I because these is life lessons. Because let me let me let me preface it. Right. There's a lot of people that think that if they had a bad seven in the morning to nine in the morning, mm-hmm. then everybody at work better not fuck with them. So it takes a lot to be in a certain place for a lot of people. And clearly that's not her. Mm -hmm. But also, she's not exempt from emotion. That's the truth. None of us are. Right? So I'm I'm speaking to that point. You see what I'm saying? To where, like, so somebody listening can understand, like, I got a job to do. Mm -hmm. And how do I separate and, and or... Even if I incorporate it, how do I not make it a Debbie Downer? Well, that's the reason why I'm here, you know, because, you know, God has blessed me with a new job, moving, you know, just recently being married. But congratulations on, appreciate congratulations you know on I mean? all of that. But Congrats. there's mm-hmm. been a lot of clouds in the midst of that that I'm not really going to elaborate too much into this pretty need to. deep. You know what right. I mean? Right. And I'm here because I said, you know what? You got to get back out there and do your work. You know what I mean? I got to do my work, and who better to do it than with you? Say, well, let's you know say it I'm online. Saying? She hit me up today. Yeah. Today. She said all the above. Well, half of the above. She said I, I moved. I had things going on, life stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm back around, and I want to get back around, and I know you're doing your thing, so when can I get with you? And I said, what you want to do? Right. Right. I said, I, I got a few shows. It. What do you want to do? Right. I love she what said, you got going on, I want to do the radio. I want to do the podcast. Whatever you got going on. I right. said, well, we film tonight. Yep. And she said, all right, well, I got physical therapy. Now, mind you, I go to physical therapy every other day. My goddamn self. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, dig it. We'll fit it around your physical therapy. Yep. I hit you up it, within the process of this. Right. I think I was hitting y'all simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I was talking to y'all simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And you was like, well, he hit me because we were supposed to get together yesterday. Gotcha. So he hit me with the, yo, they got out of control, my bad. I didn't get the message, whatever, whatever. But I got time today. All I got to do is go to the studio. Right. What do you want to do? I'm like, well, around this time, I got folks coming through. He's like, well, I'm going to go through with you. Yeah. And right. he's been here for a couple hours waiting to do this because this is what needs to be done. Yep. This is my favorite. This is. This, this is therapeutic for right here, all man. of us. Oh, like, exactly. like everything that builds up to these things or that surrounds these things usually stress people like us out right. because right. it's too much thinking about the wrong shit right. or worrying about things that displace our, our direction. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Even though they might contribute to our direction, knocking seven out of ten offers out the air is stressful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's stressful yeah. because you have to really figure out why and who and what and what's what's and, going and on. And when you admire, I mean, I admire you. You know what I mean? Me? You always, oh yeah. Why? I why appreciate that. Because I admire you. You have like a big dick. I mean, I admire you. I do. And I wish but I had one. You know. I mean, you got but, one in the car. Yeah, I do. Praise God. So, um, <laughs> sorry, the baby. But you know, I will say this: is that I admire you because you go hard. And you have a genuine heart when you do. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? And God That's bless right. you. I really you respect too. you. And your friends, too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? She's been looking at me the whole time. I'm married, <laughs> miss. I'm married. But she thinks you're hilarious, <laughs> by the way. No, I can but already this see This is it. the spirit and this is the vibe that needs to be put out there more and more. You know what I'm no, saying? Sure. And I love the setup. I love what you guys got going on. What's her name again? Okay. Okay. Doing this, sis. You know what I mean? I love a person in broadcast, especially women in broadcast. You know what I mean? So, and I said, what better show to just come back on the scene, D, snap out of it, and be with a positive person like yourself? Well, I'm going to tell you something. That Decent person that. like yourself. I'm going to tell you something that we didn't discuss. I'm doing this shit whenever it's clever. Right. So, you have a platform that we could come, you could come with me, we could just kick the shit just me and you. We can go to. We can go. I don't. I don't want to. Long time I, you wanted to fuck this fat ass, oh and I said, please not in my butt. I used to get fucked in the ass years ago. Dude, not no more. I got different questions than you think I got. He made me bleed. Oh my goodness. I didn't like it. There was a he. Yo, yeah, I got fucked in my ass uh, a lot of times uh, <laughs> by the same boy. Big dick yeah, at a young true. age. He was seventeen with a giant dick, and he pushed it in my butt. Said, and that's when oh, you figured out shit. it was over? Yeah, and I had Timberlands on. I said, what are you doing? I look like a guy from the back. So I thought he was gay. He probably is. Hey, what's up, Todd? Um, <laughs> but, you know, now I'm the man. Yo, you, you are hilarious. Guy, Absolutely. For you, all day. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I like like I said, man, um, 
we can always shoot. You can always, if you have anything you're promoting, because I know you, you yeah. be having your own platforms for a long Just time. And you have events that you host and that you promote mm-hmm. and whatever have you. Y'all gotta come to Canada Fest and, too. And and mind you, and and I mean, since we already done through it to Kay, Kay is the organizer and she situates a lot of stuff. So we can figure out hosting things and all type of things outside of me. You you a Just conglomerate. You, you said walk, we you said you back. No, I mean, we yeah we out. are a network. Shit. Like and and yes. on some real shit, I told niggas on the last episode. Come on, man, stop playing with me, sis. I don't leave you out. I don't want to say the last episode, but the um, trailing them episode, we was talking about how it used to be community. And I, I pointed out that the guys I was in that room with, we are a community. Our families are associated, affiliated. Their children, because I don't have any, mm-hmm. are going to grow up with a nest in a community. Right. Our job is to make it as great as it could be and make it as, as, as bountiful I guess would be the best way to say right. as possible right. Right. because even though things were ripped apart and torn apart, we can't get everybody that look like this mm. on one page at one time, right. but we can control the fact that we already respect each other. Yeah. We're already at kids' birthday parties on weddings, right. funerals, barbecues, fucking random poker nights or whatever have you right. for each other because he said he's doing something. She said she's doing something. We exactly. pulling up. That can be built on, and that gives me optimism mm-hmm. because I know how great that can be. Right. Because if I got homies with five kids, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. and I got one with three and one with two. Not I, I ain't mean to point to you because you only got three. <laughs> one with three right. and one with two and right. one with whatever. And it's like that's twelve kids yep. that can grow up with a with a net that can grow up with a net of thorough people uh-huh. that know everybody in the city. Mm-hmm. So if this kid is skateboarding yeah, on the other yeah. side of the city, somebody going to be like, yo, that's your youngin? Right. Youngin, right. you all right? Right. All right, right. you cool? You want Gatorade or something? You cool? Right. You know, like, these yeah. things matter, yeah. like. And that's why, like, even, you know, it's amazing, too, when I talk to certain people. Because I was just talking to my man, Nazir, and he, shout out to Nazir, the creator. He's an Word. amazing NKA production. Word. And that was my homegirl from high school. We went to Girls High together. It was her nephew. And she hit me up, and she said, I see you have a radio show, and do you mind interviewing my nephew? And I said, no problem. Mm-hmm. And she invited me to the premiere of his movie, He Has Sick of Selling Negro. Mm-hmm. And he Which made a, a documentary about yeah. him having a sick of cell and awareness about sick of cell. Now this brother is this young kid, he's nineteen twenty, he's going to California, Atlanta, he's working with some big names. And Word. it's so crazy we were talking on the phone because That's I dope. said, you know, at the age of thirty eight, I wanna be one of those cool ass old heads that I understand the millennial. I don't wanna shit on any generation that how my generation, generation X was shit on. shitted on. What? You know what I mean? Right. I I wanna respect the generations that Why was we generation and, X? Yeah, that was shitting right, on us in itself. Right, unknown. Like what do you mean? No, how like y'all born to die. Yeah. <laughs> Like, damn. Right. You know what I mean? So I wanted to I always stay connected. No, you wasn't. You was right after it. Hold on. I'm 29. I was born in 89. Okay. Okay. Well. It's kind of in the middle. Okay. Yeah. You know. I tried <laughs> to be your friend, the baby, but, you know. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Go ahead, though. You was doing the song. You should. So him on there. <laughs> You know, it's like with the with the young people, I try to stay connected with some powerful young people. And I went to his Sickle Cell Anemia uh, uh, premiere, and it was really wonderful. You know what I mean? Great oh, film. Man. And we just talked on the phone because what I'm trying to do now is move in that direction of documentaries. Mm. There's been so mm. many things on my head that I want to do, like, you know, these young kids on these bikes. You know, when I'm talking about bu- the bicycle and the, and the four-wheelers and all that stuff. And this is stuff that just don't give it, it all up. It, it, it high, highly interests me. And there's right. other things that I want to do. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just we yeah. have to really stay strongly connected and aware with what's going on around us. You know what I mean? When it comes to the older generation, younger generation and our generation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this type of setup that's going on with podcasting is so important because we can move. We can mm-hmm. literally move any and everywhere. And I want you guys to definitely come check out the Canna Fest. 
You know, it's about the the marijuana culture. It's about elevation culture, peace culture. Yeah, and y'all would be cool. great to set up the podcast. Let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll pull yeah, up. I want to connect you with them. I Let just hosted know. it with DJ Amir from 100.3. Shout out to Amir. And yeah, he's awesome. And, um, you know, Same. we had a great time. It was a, it was a Canifest Fest pool party. Shout and out it's all about yeah, live twenty four. Okay, yeah. okay, you man, are ready to rob. I, I, yeah. I wasn't in town, so I, I couldn't. Oh, come, it was so. amazing. No, like he plugged, man. like he, he's okay. a bull. It's he a, it's he part of hip hop since nineteen eighty seven, and a lot of other shit. He got the CME podcast, the Chris Mack experience. Nice. He got the tours that he's doing for um underground like artists and stuff, like local artists so like creating outlets and, and come on now. That's so like sad. he's that's another like I, that's why I was glad that y'all was coming on the same night because yeah. y'all got business to do but too. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, you see what I'm to. saying? I like he out here moving. But well, listen, I'm gonna tell you this. You know what I mean? I'm the number one dyke on the mic. <laughs> Dina comedian everywhere you fucking see me. You hear me? And if you give me that microphone, I'm gonna tear this shit up. You know I'm what telling mean? you. I met her at my cookout <laughs> on the strength of my cousin. Right. You know what I mean? Shout out to her because she go. We gonna say shout out to Mo. Right. That's the right. name we can Mo say. Mo. But um, she pulled up on the strip for Mo, and Mo introduced it to me, and she was like, "This is my own girl, D. She a comedian. D just started talking shit, <laughs> like instantly, just started talking crazy to me for like three minutes, and I'm like, she's funny as shit. And ever since then, like I've always followed what she had going on. We bumped into yeah. each other plenty of yeah, fucking plenty times, of times. and it just was like the energy always, like you said, like I always felt like she was genuine. Right. I felt like even when like we all get shitty and Mike. Right. Cross a certain line, right? But right. D never did it from an evil place. Right. She never does people. anything from a like. It's always about making the best out of a situation, that's right. and that's something that you need to pay attention to. I know you do, yeah. but just for the you know, because we're talking right. to others, oh, that's something that people need to pay attention to when they're that's dealing with people, right. because nothing's ever gonna go perfectly. Right. We've hosted and performed in a million events. Oh, right. How many times does everything run like it's supposed to run? Right. You see what I'm saying? But when everything doesn't line up, how, how do you recover? Exactly. Do you still pull your set off? Right. right. Do you still do what you came to do? When you leave a building, can you still look at the person to the right of you and say, did I do my job tonight? Right. All right, right. then fuck it. I couldn't right. control the rest of that shit. I'm sorry. I'm not, I, I just, you know, listening to you, listening to your resume, you know, my resume, it just brings up a topic of <laughs> why is it just a meat mills that's, platform from philadelphia because we are too famous we are we are a famous city and is and we're underrated and we're we're, we keep being in undergrounds which underground is all that like you know i mean oh no to live there is to love there yeah you know but it it, it blows my mind that it's like we're in 2019 you know being 38 years old coming from the roots era you know, coming I can from answer that question. Crew, I can answer the question. I'm gonna tell you two things. First of all, it's the infrastructure. We're so close to New York with right. so little infrastructure in Philly when it comes to hip hop as far as business goes right. that it's not an urgency to build it here. Right. So for years we've had certain entities at a time. Jazz right. had his situation, right, right, Gambling right. Huff have they right. su- like we've had certain entities, and I'm not—I don't never want to discredit that. Exactly. You know what I mean? But at the same time, to be able to get on a Greyhound or the highway for an hour and a half, two hours, and to go to where you consider the big wigs, has watered down us creating the infrastructure here. Now, with social media, with things like platforms like these, with the things that we've seen change within the time that we've been involved in entertainment. In whatever way we've been involved right. in it, because right. we all are multifaceted when it comes to entertainment, right? right. There's opportunity mm-hmm. to create such. Right. Like, he's an institution now. Mm-hmm. People know when you go to Chris Mack, there's certain things that he provides at his level. Right. He's not going to stop building. He's going to only get greater than the level right. that he's at now. Right. So he's an institution. Right. You're an institution. Right. And you have a niche crowd along with a mainstream crowd right, right, right. you see what i'm saying right. so you have multiple angles that you work from multiple angles right. so you'll become an institution right. but the thing is um one of the things i say about anything that i do is when i get involved in it i want to make it a thing mm-hmm. it's not about me being seen it's not about who i can meet it's about making it where when people wake up on thursday they think 
the Simple with Sammy podcast drops at happy hour. When they wake up on Friday, they right. think it's fucking Friday. The best happy hour in the world is coming on a day. That's like, it has to be right. a thing. There you go. You know what I'm saying? And one of those is my name, so it can seem selfish. But anything my name is on, I'm selfish about because it has to be right. It has to be quality. And it has to be consistent. It has to be consistent because the thing about consistency, and I say it every other podcast, every hustle is based on consistency. I don't give a fuck what you do. If you consistently got the the okay rag, you'll consistently have an okay rag crowd. Right. Right. And that you might be enough lie. to get you over. Cheers. But if you consistently putting that work in, you're going to consistently be around at work. Come on, okay. Cheers to that. It's all right. Still cheers, damn it. Just pick up something. Make it seem like we all Bad good. luck. But, like, that's how I feel about it. Like, consistency is everything. Exactly. Like, um, my cousin. <sighs> nah, this is not Newport House. It's only about the greenery. Yeah, it's only reefers. It's only reefers. We can roll you some. I know. You be on the clock soon. But no, um Yeah, y'all can take a break together. You, you no, he's a great guy. He just said he wanted to fuck me on the look. Did he say that? He got a microphone on. He got a microphone on. He got a microphone. He got a witness. We gonna run back the tape. We gonna run back the tape. He did. Kate. You know what I mean? Wrap this up, Kate. Wrap this. This date rape ass podcast. Right, right. Me too. Me too. Me too. Me also. <laughs> <laughs> My nigga. <laughs> what up, Rude? Mr. Big Drunk. Sam alone. Drinking and smoking. Oh, oh. You know how we do. An MGD. Smoking again, I'm drinking again. Shot for shot, I think I'm gonna win. Stress for leaving the party, starting I'm all in. Let's go. You came to get fucked up, homie. Fall in, come ballin', It's my game. Barstool, cool the name. Was on before I came. You niggas lame. Bear and brown when I get down, nigga. I don't play at all. Catch me with squad booze, brothers. Club gang. We cools lovers who bruise brothers and roll tanks No lean bottles and blunts A gasoline Stance is mean, scoping the scene In between Getting faded and x-rated Don't intervene I be drinking, I be smoking every day I be drinking, I be smoking every day Drink, fuck what you call it Ay, fuck what you call it I drink till I'm drunk cause I'm a alcoholic I'm drunk cause I'm a drunk. Drunk.